Happy Brain listeners, can you do me a big favor and fill out our Happy Brain listener survey? That'll help me guarantee I can provide the best content for you and all our listeners. Just go to our show notes and complete it. And as an extra incentive, I have a raffle for $25 for Amazon for anybody that completes this. I appreciate your time and thanks for listening to Happy Brain. First of all, are you listening and paying attention to what brings you joy, what feels comfortable to you? And are you putting these things on because they resonate for you or because you're trying to fit in? And as long as they resonate for you, that's what matters. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Sean Block, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into those fun hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Welcome back to Happy Brain. Today's guest is Rachel Oz. She's a psychologist. She is an author and she's an art playgroundist. Okay. I hope I remember to ask her about that. But I'm excited to talk to her today because in my head, I have color in my mind. Color, color, color. I want to know all things about color and making your brain happy. What does color have to do with self-care? What does color have to do with being an adult? What does color have to do with dressing up each day? And she talks about those type of things in her work. And so what I usually do in some research is I look at some of her past work. I look at her, her, her page, her one page sheet for podcasts, and it gives you an idea of what she wants to talk about and things like that. And uh, she's done tons and tons of interviews. So I uh, just, that's what's coming to me today. I'm going to go with it. We're going to go color, color, color. So hopefully you're having a colorful day. And also, if you have any feedback on the show, please let me know. Send it uh, Instagram DM at happybrainfm on Instagram. That's at happybrainf and then letter M. That would be helpful. Trying to make sure that I'm talking about topics that you care about. And if there's a topic that you want to hear, we're here for you. So just let me know and we'll see if we can incorporate that. And if you have a guest that you think is appropriate for the show and has the content you want to hear, let me know. Big or small, let me know. You never know what we can do here on Happy Brain. Enjoy this episode. The psychologist, a yeah. author, a playgroundist, which we'll talk about a little bit more. I just, I'm so curious as I study about you a little bit, why is color so important in your life? Yes. I feel like colors are alive, just like nature is alive, the grass, the trees, the sunshine, um, that my experience of colors is almost like they have a life of their own and they have an effect. And there's even just the psychology of colors that you could dig into if you really wanted to, you know, like, for example, we perceive hot chocolate to taste better if we're drinking it out of a brown or orange cup. You know, so colors affect us all over the place. But I think that even as a little girl, um, I was really drawn to color. Like in sixth grade, I drew with rainbow colors on pieces of paper, all kinds of different drawings. And it was, they were all over my bedroom walls. Like it made wallpaper because it was so much. Like even why then was I so drawn to color? Like, is this, is this something we're born with or does it come out of experience or both? Like, I just, I need it like nourishment. That's mm. what I know. Color 
just talking about it. It's fun. It's yes, exciting. That's it. And so you're saying that bring us back to our childhood and coloring as adult. Is that why coloring books, adult coloring books are kind of a thing? We've had a couple uh, speakers mm. uh, talk about that mm. as, as an adult coloring book. So you, is that something that you're, do you ever recommend to your, your, your patients or your, your people? <laughs> it would depend on what their natural organic expressions are right. and what brings them joy. So I would never, you know, recommend that to someone who that would stress out, like, cause mm. that's just not their deal. Um, so I always try to go with people's nature, but if it, if it would feel natural to somebody to do something like that, mm. I know that in general coloring is also, it can be meditative. Mm right? And calming to the nervous system, in addition to the therapy of the colors themselves. Mm. I also wanted to, to talk a little bit about, you, you mentioned the iframes and uh, we'll post some video of this, but you know, you have these beautiful orange, you're wearing a, a lot of orange, a nice orange necklace. A question for you as, as an adult, when did mm -hmm. dressing and color, because I know that's a part of what you do. How did yeah. dressing up and being in bold or not bold colors, you can describe them yourself, but yeah, how did yeah. that become part of your life? Yeah. Thank expression? you for asking. Because for me, that's been a very important and transformative story. Yeah. Um, so as a kid, I dressed colorfully. And then in my early adulthood, as I was building my career as a psychologist, I reverted to pantyhose and to sort of more dim colors that I thought looked more professional mm. because I wanted, you know, I just wanted to fit in and I don't know, that's what I thought it was supposed to look like. And then at some point, maybe after doing it for a dozen years, having a real base in my work, I think that I started to get a little bit freed up. I started to when I was young, also, again, I, as I'd mentioned, my bedroom walls, I really like to create and illustrate and draw. And I, I began to pick that back up again mm. with my drawing. And I found myself starting to illustrate the girls and women in my drawings with pretty colorful sort of 70s kinds of um, groovy clothes. And, and then as I was doing that, it started to affect what I was dressing myself in and then also little by little in my like in my psychology practice I had at that time using a paper calendar to schedule my clients I was always using just this black cover that looked again professional just had the you know year on the cover and that's it and I found myself in a Barnes and Noble bookstore and there was a table with all kinds of different weekly calendars. And I picked up a, a Mary Inglebright one, who's an art, a whimsical artist and colorful. And I thought, oh, I really want to use this one. But I thought, oh, no, I don't know that that will be professional. But mm -hmm. I'm feeling I can't put it back down. And, um, and so then my selections began to snowball. I was in, at the time, Dayton's department store. And I was picking out eyeglass frames and I'd put on a pair that were purple and green swirly and I'd giggle in the little teeny mirror looking at that mm -hmm. and then I'd put on what I thought was a more reasonable pair and I was like okay that fits my face fine and I went back and forth and I thought I can't argue with my joy it just began to snowball into my clothes mm -hmm. and so then I think I became less concerned with 
quote fitting in and more about being authentic. And I think that's our true fitting in anyway, is showing up in what brings us truly joy and um, honoring so really who we are. I'm, so what I'm hearing is color in itself is just is, is part of your expression is really part of being yourself yes. and being authentic. So yes, standing out color and just yes. being free. So I, I, yes. I, I just could picture this when, when I'm looking at you now, seeing you maybe, you know, 20 years ago or whenever yep. dressed up and professional and ready to go and, right. and not, not feeling you can fit in. I can relate to that. I think a lot of us can relate to trying to fit in and trying to do something different, whether it's color, whether it's something else. Yeah. Um, iframes definitely is yeah. one way to stand out. Yeah. Pretty, pretty carefully. Um, yes. And so, okay, so now, so color and how did that kind of transform your, your work? And then I just wanted to quickly touch on this idea of how you created these books, vibrant books full of color and how they're related, not for kids, again, mm -hmm. getting back to mm -hmm. color and adults, why they were geared towards adults. Yes. Yes. Well, when I was, I'm trying to remember, like, what is the age when we're in school or grade where the books we're reading shift from being picture books to chapter books? I I'm, think about five, five or six or seven, because I have a couple nephews and nieces. I don't have kids myself, but it seems like I'm buying books for like a second grader or yeah. first grader that starts starting to get chapter books. Like, yes. And as you get more and more into those chapter books, we start to lose the pictures. And we start to lose the color, except maybe on the cover. Um, and I remember grieving that. I remember being very sad. I liked the stories in the chapter books, but I was sad that the, the color and the illustrations dropped out. And so I wanted to bring that back for adults. And it, it is also just the, my sort of natural way. When I'm telling a story, pictures occur to me. Um, lines and color occurs to me. I can hardly tell a story without seeing that. And so it's just naturally what comes out of my pen and heart. Mm -hmm. And so um, I want to almost massage people's hearts with that and provide a complete experience. The truth is also it addresses more the full brain, the left and the right brain, the creativity side, the side that is stimulated with colors and art and design and um, that kind of expression. And then the more logical side, the left side of our brains that, you know, processes words and, you know, uh, reasoning. So it does rather for the reader offer a fuller experience hmm. in your, in your body. What's really interesting is when you talk about, you know, in the caveman days or whenever they're sitting around a fire telling stories, yeah, they're, you're, it's all about creating a picture and an image in your mind of of whatever you're talking about and you're experiencing it visually. Oh and, yeah. Right? And so now you're, you're allowing us to experience something visually and kind of tying to what you're talking about earlier uh, about this term uh, art playgroundist, if I'm getting it right. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, you can tell me, but the idea of living like you were, you, you were a youth and doing the things, all that stuff. Does, do these books tie into that idea? Yeah. 
So um, you're t- you are tuning into the spirit of it for sure. Um, Art Playgroundist is one, you know, my tagline is Rachel Laws, psychologist, author, art playgroundist, da da da. And art playgroundist is a made up term by me. And what it means is when I'm making art, it feels like I'm on the playground again. It's recess. I'm with my friends. We're on the swings. We're running across the field. The wind's in my hair and I'm free. And so it's tapping that spirit Mm. and it's tapping that hopefully invitation and offering to readers. Hmm. So it sounds like there's really an emphasis on not, not not losing that childhood self as an adult. Right. And all these things we're talking about in color and dress and all these are are fun things that my five-year-old niece, and I just relate to her so much because she's at that age right now where, you know, she is dressing up in color. She's doing all this. And at some point it stops. And like you said, it maybe stops when we do the, the chapter books, you know, they, they have, they have dress up days in school. I don't know what, Mm. hopefully they don't stop. I don't know what age they stop, but um, maybe as they get older, it becomes more conservative. I don't know, but be interesting to know, but um, that's why Halloween's so fun too. Yes, exactly. And dress up days, like for me, every day is dress up day because this is life. Why do we have to wait to be assigned some permission of a day? What if we showed up every day, um, quote, dressing up? And what would that look like? And again, it doesn't have to be the same look as your neighbor. It shouldn't be. It's like, if you weren't worried what anyone else thought, what would you love to wear? What would make you happy? I don't think we think of that at all. Right? Um, Yeah. And I will just confess, like at night when I'm just tired and now I need to literally let my hair down and rest and, you know, whatever the things are I'm doing to relax. um, I tend to wear grays and more neutrals because I, what I need at that point is restful, you know, not busy patterns or colors and so I need that just it's similar to when we close our eyes to sleep that's sort of my version with my clothes of closing my eyes you know interesting what I'm picturing as you're talking I'm picturing like your it's like your clothes are like a reflection of just who how you're feeling what you want to energy you want to bring yeah all that good stuff it's like I can picture in the future like you have this button you can press on your body um, when you go out and you can press the color button when you want to be colorful you press the other button to be you know relax and laying down on your couch and stuff. Yes, exactly. You know, okay, this is really random, but I also want to mention, you know how I was like earlier saying, okay, a pure professional da-da-da concern earlier on. What's ended up happening is some of my therapy clients over time have said that my outfits are part of the therapy for them, that they feel better seeing my outfit. And they also feel permission and you know, there's, and they sometimes look forward to seeing what will Rachel wear next. And um, so I think that I'm modeling authenticity mm. and ability to use my voice and not be apologetic for who I am. Um, and so, and to go ahead and be creative and to be yourself. You know, there's a piece maybe about like, again, about the, like the peacock. Mm let's be the true animal of ourselves. 
right? Mm. Like what animal would you be and what do they wear? Mm. And there's not, I mean, there's colors. I mean, in, in animals, animals don't tend to have all vibrant colors, but there probably no. is a lot that we're not thinking of, like a peacock, right. like right. these rainbow trouts, like these, these very colorful fishes, but, but like right. ourselves, some animals want to fit in. So they yes. have to fit in it's survival, survival, right? Which is may- so interesting. Right. Right. Cause there's a survival thing. Like for me, it was, well, what, can I survive in my profession? Will this be okay? You know, so I'm going to just camouflage. Um, and sometimes in our lives, you know, there can be trauma and other suffering. And sometimes the response to that can be, I just need to operate on a level of survival. And sometimes that's camouflage. I can't stand out. I don't feel safe. I can't use my voice. I don't feel safe. I can't be. And, and that can be very real or that can be in someone's past and they're having a hard time breaking free of it. Um, And for them, maybe if they feel safe enough, it can just be, well, I'm going to do something in secret then and have a colorful stone in my pocket. Or maybe I can feel safe enough by wearing colorful socks and that's, Mm -hmm. that's it. Or just like little, little moves, you know, but I'll, I'll take the contrary tack. Maybe people feel more comfortable and them standing out is them wearing just their neutral colors their whatever. Maybe that's not important to them as their way of expressing themselves. Right. So it doesn't have to apply to everybody. Maybe they do something different. Right. Again, the whole thing is paying attention to, first of all, are you listening and paying attention to what brings you joy, what feels comfortable to you? And are you putting these things on because they resonate for you or because you're trying to fit in? Mm -hmm. And as long as they resonate for you, that's what matters. Rachel, I could talk to you all day and we try to keep our listeners actual items and it's unfair because there's so much I want to talk to you about, but is there anything else that, that you want to share that's on your heart this morning? Mm, I think that everything we go through is a chance to really love ourselves. So if there's hard things we've been through and it's difficult or challenging to listen to ourselves, and you're thinking about that as you're listening to our conversation, that's a chance to just put your hands over your heart and love yourself to hold compassion for just where you are. If this is sort of tipping you like, oh my gosh, I've felt this tug toward color or toward just finding what is a true expression of me. Oh my goodness, put your hands over your heart. That is a chance to just love yourself and be present. And I just wanna extend flowers out to anyone listening all the ages and stages of you with them. And we want more of Rachel Oz. So can you tell us where we can go to learn more about your books and your, and the work that you do? Thank you. So I have a website and my last name is spelled like the beginning of awesome as a way to remember it, A-W-E-S. So it's racheloz.com. And from there at the top bar, you can click on blog or shop my to get my Etsy shop with my art and books or um, events, you know, just all the different kinds of pages. And you can easily just Google my name to find me on Instagram or Facebook, etc. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this morning. 
Oh, same. Thank you for having me, Sean. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.